and also to our saints, hallelujah, that's sitting out here helping us, assisting us, ushering in, hallelujah, the presence of the Lord. The Lord's always here, but he wants to see that we're awakened, that we're bringing in our spirit today, hallelujah, to worship, to glorify, to lift him up, to get excited about the things of God, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God, hallelujah. The race is not just for the swimmers, but the race is for those that endure. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord as we prepare um, to give our offering. I definitely want to go through some of our announcements very quickly. Hallelujah. Um, this week, pretty much, um, everything in our calendar is basically a, um, the, our usual week with our 800,000 things that we have going on, and that's a good thing. So make sure you read your bulletin. Sometimes, I know Zaxby's used to do like 10% off when you bought in your um, your little um, bulletin. I can't remember if they still do. But um, also we have coming, just to let everybody know, to lean forward, not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday, we have our ladies breakaway, and how you say that? Brother Fowler always corrects me. Charcuterie. Charcuterie. All right. Sound like one of my cousin's names. All right. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, but please do not forget about that. Don't forget, all right, um, to always read your bulletin. Um, as you prepare, as we all stand and prepare to give our offering unto God, we have to remember that when we give, we support many things for this church. Of course, we have lights. And as we have these lights that probably use a lot of energy, these bigger lights, we want to make sure that we um, give it to the kingdom. Because we're not just giving to man, but what we're giving to is we're giving to God. Because everything here is to propagate the word of God, hallelujah, and bring the gospel to the masses as we work as agents. Because we're the ones who invite people, bring people in, hallelujah, and give them opportunity But Definitely let us pray for this offering. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we are thankful today that you, Lord, have blessed us, Lord, to earn, Lord, and to be able to give back, Lord, to this local assembly, Lord. We pray, Lord, for this offering, Lord, that as we give, Lord, that we give, Lord, with a cheerful spirit, Lord, that you would continue to bless us, Lord, and we continue to even give more and more and more, Lord. Let us not just give up things of a monetary value, but also, Lord, let us consider of giving up our time, Lord, volunteering, Lord, within the church, Lord, within the kingdom, Lord, to do many great things, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you. We praise you. We plead your blood over the service. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Come on up as we continue to worship. Give your offering. Um, give a brother or sister a fist bump and prepare your spirit to receive of the word in Jesus name
for your glory to be present with me. For the glory of your spirit. I want to be where you are. I want to be with the Lord. Hallelujah. For his glory. Not only to be present and in his glory, but for his glory to overflow and show in us. Hallelujah. We're thankful for the glory of God. We're thankful for the praise team leading us into a time of worship. Thank you, Sister Parks, for that worship song that brings us into the presence of the Lord. There's nothing like being in the presence of an almighty God. Amen. I don't take it lightly, an opportunity to stand before you to bring forth the word of the Lord. I feel like a, the Lord has a word for the church for this present moment. Amen. Thankful for my pastor, first lady, thankful for the leaders of this church, those that I live out this life with. I'm thankful for each and every one of you as the members of Life Church. Amen. Amen. The church is a pillar of truth. The church is the body of Christ. The church encourages, uplifts, and the church is there for each other in the name of Jesus. We want to go to the word of the Lord. We're going to go into the word of the Lord in 1 Timothy 3, 14 and 16, if you would, Mark there, and also John 1 and 1 through 14. 1 Timothy 3, 14 through 16, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 1 Timothy 3, 14 through 16. These things write I unto you. This is Paul speaking. And he's writing this letter to Timothy. And he says, hoping to come unto thee shortly. So Paul's in another place. He's not able to come to where Timothy is at this pre present moment. But he says, but if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. The church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. Another version says the bulwark, the bulwark of truth. Verse 16, a very familiar scripture for everyone in the building and without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Hallelujah. We're thankful for this great mystery of godliness. John 1 and 1 through 14. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Amen. That was the true light, which lighted every man 
that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. I'm speaking about believers, those that would believe in the name and the power of Jesus Christ. There were some that did not believe. And verse 14 gives us that revelation of 1 Timothy 3.16, and that is, And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of, all, of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The truth that we know is in God being manifest in flesh. Reverend Munden, if you would, pray that we receive this word from the Lord. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we are thankful, Lord, as we are here today in your presence, Lord. We pray, Lord, hallelujah, for the man of God that's about to preach the word of God to the people of God. We pray, Lord, hallelujah, that your word would be manifest, Lord, in our lives, Lord, that we would not listen, Lord, with tickling ears, Lord Jesus, but we listen intently, Lord Jesus, hallelujah, for your purpose, for your will, Lord, for you, Lord, to have the will, Lord, your will done in our lives. We thank you. We praise you. We plead your blood over this message, Lord, and pray for you to open up our understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I want to preach for a few minutes conduct in the church. The pillar and ground of truth. The pillar and ground of truth. Conduct in the church. The pillar and ground of truth. After addressing the conduct of the leaders of the church to Paul, to Timothy, Paul is in Macedonia and he's writing a letter to Timothy in Ephesus. And he begins to address the conduct of the leaders. As he addresses that conduct, he goes into addressing the conduct or the behavior of the church of the living God. I want to start by saying that the church is a pillar and a ground of truth. The church is a pillar and ground of truth. Now, this word that Paul is given is in order to tell the church how they should behave. Now, I know that's a touchy subject as it is because you're beginning to wonder, is Brother Parks going to tell me that I should not dress a certain way. Right. Or maybe he's going to tell me I shouldn't have my smoke after church. Right. Or he's going to tell me that I shouldn't drink because I'm a believer. Right. You might be thinking that somehow when you go after church to get your meal and you don't give a tip, that I'm going to be there telling you how much you should tip after your meal. But I'm not here to tell you what to do. The behavior that Paul is telling Timothy is 
Timothy say this pastor to this church. And so since I'm not the pastor, you can just take it with a grain of salt that pastor allowed me to preach today. And as I'm speaking on the conduct of the church, I want to remind you that you're a pillar and you're the ground of truth. But if you gentlemen right here, Brother Anthony, Reverend Fowler, Reverend Monday, what is a pillar? If you stand just stand side by side, stand kind of, kind of close. Get your back on. As a pillar, a pillar upholds, a pillar supports, a pillar encourages. And Paul says to the church of the living God, this is the church. This is you and I as members. We not only encourage each other, but we support and we defend truth. Not only does a pillar uphold truth or hold truth up, but a pillar also defends truth. With Jesus within the body of Christ, the church holds to that truth and does not let it go. They don't allow anything else in that does not support Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Does not let anything in that will go against God being manifest in the flesh. God being justified in the spirit. God being seen of angels. God being preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in this world, and received up into glory. The church as pillars and ground of truth, one version says, is a bulwark. A bulwark is a structure that holds out something. Um, in seas, a bulwark could be the upper part of a ship. And then at the bank, it's that wooden or metal that is placed in structure to hold back the water. The pillar and ground of truth holds everything else out and holds the truth in. You may be seated, gentlemen. Thank you. We, as the church of the living God, we serve a living God. We serve a God that is yet alive. We serve a God who is living at this very moment and working in each and every one of our situations. In order I'm so thankful that God revealed himself to me right. in a church that preaches truth, in a church that allows the living God to move, a church that believes in the spirit of God, a church that believes that we must be saved, we must repent of our sins, be baptized in the name of Jesus, and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. The church is not just a building. But the church is the ecclesia. The church is the assembly of believers. The church is the called out ones. The church is the representation of Christ. The church is not the building. 
the congregation. We are those that are committed to the truth of Christ. The church is in possession of the living God. When these gentlemen were standing here as the pillar uh, and the ground of Christ, they were standing together as one. Uh, uh, each of these pillars supporting the same truth. That's right. As the called out ones believing in one God, right. one faith, one baptism, it had changed. It's the same. And this church possesses a living God. And this church is one that if we believed or understood anything else, even inside this building, it would be idolatry. First Thessalonians 1 and 9 through 10 says, For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Just one example of a summary of what 1 Timothy 3.16 means to us. Church, as pillars and grounds of truth, this is how we conduct ourselves. We conduct ourselves as if we serve a living, true God. Amen. It was in 1 Kings 18 where we see the showdown on Mount Carmel. <laughs> the showdown between the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the grove against the prophet Elijah. Well, there really wasn't a showdown between them, but it was a showdown between what they would call their God and the one true God. And we see Elijah said it this way, and call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. It says in verse 38, then the fire of the Lord fell. 
they consume the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and it even licked up the water that was in the trenches. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. 1 Timothy 3.16, God was manifest in flesh. He was justified in spirit. He was seen of angels. He was justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in this world, received up into glory. Once they saw that fire lick up that water and God answered by fire, they believed. They believed. That same belief is what we must have for the true living God today. We're pillars and grounds of truth. The church of the living God is a pillar of truth. We must conduct ourselves not just how you behave because you smoke cigarettes or you drink or you, uh, you know, wear your hair a certain way or you wear your clothes a certain way. You know, those are the things that we get into debate about, aren't they? If you can smoke and still live for God. Well, I, I'm here to tell you this is the way I see it. And this is my conviction. doesn't have to be yours. But when I smoked... You know, the reason I stopped because my body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. I don't belong to myself. And I want the Spirit of God to dwell on the inside of me. And I just don't know. Maybe Jesus don't want to be in there with no smoke. I don't know. I don't know. That's my that's that's my conviction. But I'm not here to tell you about your behavior. What I'm here to tell you about is your conduct. The way you carry yourself. What your character is. Does it line up with being representative of Christ? And Christ is going to show us how we can do that. As pillars and grounds of truth, we're the body of Christ. We individually support truth. And we make sure truth is supported in the house of God. If you're wondering why when you ask me a question and it seems offensive because it doesn't line up with what you believe, it's because I support the truth of the word of God. We're going to be offended. We're going to debate. We're going to disagree. Because it doesn't always line up with what we want. The church is a community of, that takes a spiritual posture. These gentlemen took a, spirit, a spiritual posture to stand and support truth. By the spirit of God, we're set apart. And we're shaped into the order of God. 1 Timothy 4 and 16 says, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Pastor's been preaching about this. We're talking about generational curses. We need to be the ones that break the generational curses. I know they're in my family. You know? Uh, but we've got to break them. Why? Because C and Marlena, they need to be saved. And what the word is telling us here, that we, yes, we save ourselves. That's what the scripture tells us, to save yourself from this untoward generation. But we don't want to save ourselves and lead the family. We want the family to come along with us. And this church of the living God is a family, a body of like believers. Those that believe in the one true God. And we need to all go together. It's our responsibility.
church. For us to save ourselves and for all that are in the house to be saved by upholding truth. When one is opposed to supporting the truth, all the house suffers. All it takes is one to be opposed to truth, then the house suffers. Why? Because we're all pillars that support truth. We look at the life of Achan. Not only did he end up in sin, but he and all his home perished. We look at the story of Achan and his sin, and God punished him in Joshua 7. He was an Israelite that fought in the battle of Jericho. And out of this battle, we notice that Rahab, the harlot in her household, was saved. Why? Because she believed in the, in the God of the Israelites. She believed in the God of the Israelites. So her and her household were saved. Now you got an Israelite that fought in the battle of Jericho. Achan, God warned him. He commanded, unlike most victories, where you take the spoil, he said that everything is a curse. And God warned him that if he take the spoil, the camp of the Israelites is going to be under destruction. The Israelites obeyed with the exception of Achan. And he wanted the beautiful robe, the gold, and the silver, and, and some of the things. He hid them in his tent. And his sin was discovered. And God commanded that Achan and his entire family and all the possessions be destroyed. As pillars of truth, the church supports the message of truth. When we support that message individually, as pillars and ground of truth, then the body of Christ, the family of Christ, is able to live according to that truth. John 14 and 6 says, Jesus said unto him, unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming to the Father but by me. That's the Jesus that we serve. Jesus is the truth. And so likewise, the church must uphold truth. We must represent truth in our lives. And godliness is grounded in truth. The Bible goes on to say in 1 Timothy 3.16, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. I need five more minutes. <laughs> and he got into 1 Timothy 3.16 talking about conduct. <laughs> without controversy, without debate, despite what you believe, without any reservation, without any argument, like I said, you're going to be offended by doctrinal teaching. Just straight up, you're going to be offended by doctrinal teaching. You might as well just believe it, agree with it, because that's what you're going to have to do with the Word of God. Agree with it, or you're not in it. You either agree with what it says, or you're against it. As pillars and grounds of truth, we don't change truth to accommodate those that call themselves believers. As words of truth, we must have a willingness to conform to the things of Christ. This is essential. And this is something that we agree upon. 1 Timothy 3.16. Paul is saying here, what we do is what we believe. We can't live godly unless we're living in Christ. 
We must fortify the deeds of the flesh and walk in the spirit. So why was Paul calling this a mystery of godliness? What is the mystery of godliness? What is the truth that the church must uphold? Why is it important that the church become pillar of truth? One member, one believer, one saint joined together as pillars and standards of truth. All these actions combined. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in the glory. Make godliness possible. Without it, there is no godliness. So that is the mystery revealed. The mystery revealed is Jesus Christ himself. I love theology, and I love to hear theology. One of, the, one of the theologies is based on uh, verses and interpretations that in Scripture, instead of saying God manifests in the flesh, that it originally said He. Come on. <laughs> I want to I let you know who is the center of this Scripture. And that's Jesus. And I want to give you, reveal something else to you about God being manifest in flesh or he being manifest in flesh. That we're still talking about Jesus. In John 1 and 1 it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. We're talking about Jesus. The mystery of godliness revealed. Ephesians 3 and 1 through 5 says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of grace of God, which is given to me, you were, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore a word, a few, few words. Wherefore, when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which is in other ages was not made known unto the sons of man, as it is now revealed unto the holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. The mystery of God has been revealed. Through the Spirit of God. 
were blessed to have the knowledge of the Spirit of God. In verse 16, we find that Jesus is God. He's the central focus of our salvation. We don't simply believe because it's our religion, but we have a self-existent, all-knowing, immutable, unchanging, uncontainable God that confined himself to human flesh, and he did it for you and I. Then returned they to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, 
which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And finally, 1 Peter 1 and 8 through 9, and this altar is open. Don't just stand there gazing. We serve a living true God, and his glory is for you. Everything that you heard in this message is a reminder of the God we serve. We call him Jesus. Everything's in that name. The Father's in that name. The Son's in that name. The Holy Ghost is in that name. We serve a one true living God. Whom having not seen, ye love. And whom thou know, ye see him not. Yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Our salvation is in the glory of God. Our salvation is in the glory of God. Just like he was received up in the glory. Just as he was received up in the glory. We have this eternal promise. That we too. If we believe according to this scripture. We too can be received up into glory. This is, this is for you. This is for your children. This is for all that are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. We have this salvation message. And it's in Jesus Christ. Please come. Stand before the almighty and living God.
according to the word of God. Come, come, repent of your sins. Repent of your sins. The same message Jesus gave is the same message I'm giving today. It's a simple message. It's in this truth of Christ that we pray this prayer right now. That God, reveal yourself, Lord, in our lives. Reveal yourself through your spirit. The only way we can know him is by his spirit. That's how we get connected with Jesus. The spirit of Christ in us, that hope of glory. If you came in and you don't have hope, you can leave with hope. If you came in and you don't have strength, you can leave with strength. If you came in and you don't have salvation, you can leave with salvation. I know I'm talking to the church. But sometimes I need the encouragement of this same scripture that God revealed in my life. And because I believe in him, I can receive this same glory in times where there seems like there is no hope. Hallelujah, Jesus. Reach one today, Lord God. Oh God, this is my prayer, oh Lord God. Oh God, save, protect, deliver. Oh, let your mighty grace and mercy and love be shown forth. We ask it in the name of Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus. It's in Jesus' name. It's in Jesus' name. Oh, Jesus, we thank you all.